Well, welcome to the Stretch for Life podcast. My name is Bob Wolf. I am your host. Uh, also here with uh, Laura Myers as well as Lori Walter. And welcome to this podcast and in this episode. If you are a subscriber, welcome back. And we're excited to have you. If you're not a subscriber, please feel free to subscribe to us. Uh, if you're not ready, you want to listen to our content a little bit more, feel free to listen to our content and then go ahead and subscribe. And also as a reminder, don't keep us a secret. Feel free free to share our podcast and our our content with friends, family, and colleagues, other people who are looking for the opportunity for what this podcast is trying to accomplish. We are excited to have you guys back today to talk about um, the idea that our stomach has a crazy emotional memory. And Lori kind of talked about this and touched on it in our last podcast about when we're feeling sick that there are certain things our body starts to crave. But I think that something I learned from being her patient for these past several years is that that's not just when we're sick. It's all the time that your body is in bringing forward these things that it needs. So it's it's casting this vision in your brain of, I want you to go eat, fill in the blank. So Lori, can we kind of talk about why does our stomach, you know, sort of act in this way, which is really more maybe even our brain, but and how do we start to recognize that to see it's giving us these signals and, and trying to lay out this map for us, but we just don't know how to read it necessarily. So can we talk about that a little bit? Absolutely. Um, A lot of times, you know, clients of mine, you know, they come in and they go, you know, I just have these cravings for this, you know, comfort food. And I like have no idea why I'm remembering this childhood, this childhood, um, you know, uh, food that, you know, my, my grandmother would always make. And I, I just crave it all the time. And I'm like, well, your body is trying to gently suggest that this particular dish, you know, was something that was building of your immune system. It was lending some support and some help to your immune system. And this, whatever it was, you know, Um, helped you to heal and it helped you to grow. And a lot of times growth hormones are um, actually uh, the way they transfer into being adult hormones is that we take those memories of foods that helped us in various growth cycles. And then that memory is logged away in your brain and your brain pulls that memory up and goes, Ooh, remember how you felt when you ate the pot roast Mm. that your great aunt would always make? Do you remember how you would feel when you'd walk into the house and you'd smell that sizzle of shrimp on the grill? Remember how that garlic that was on there or that lime juice that was on there? Remember how that made you feel? And so it's a gentle way of walking your brain out of a need and into a concept, an idea mm-hmm. of where to go for health and healing. Mm-hmm. And so that's why childhood dinners, sitting around the table with your family is so, so important because it builds a library mm-hmm. of memories of how to heal. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've never thought of it that way. And you know, I think we could talk 
you know, in a different vein about how important it is to sit as a family and rest and eat together, that that builds stability, it builds structure, it builds, you know, um, those bonds for our family. But really from that biological side, Mm -hmm. like it's really, I love how you said it's creating a library of memories, right? That your child can, can pull on for the rest of their life. Absolutely. Which is so funny because to me, I feel like one of those, if you will, memories, and you kind of mentioned this when we were talking in our cleaning video or the cleaning podcast for wintertime, there is something about cinnamon for me that is just very appetizing, like that. I love it. Well, it makes sense to me now that you say that because my mom used cinnamon on applesauce when we were little. Right. And to me, like, even though that's something very, you know, little, it's not necessarily super appetizing to me now, but I know that when I was young, that was something that she served pretty often. And that cinnamon flavor for me is really something I love that I crave, especially in the winter time. So maybe that's in my library and I didn't know it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. How does that work with uh, one of the things I've seen and heard and read is your sense of smell Mm -hmm. brings back nostalgic memories. How does that connect with what you're saying about our stomach and the memory of of kind of logging? Right. Because, um, you know, right at first when we're very little, you know, uh, our sense of smell is pretty much like the only one that's completely and totally intact Mm. and focused, you know, because our eyesight when we're very, very little is, is, you know, it's it's growing, it's maturing. Um, Our taste buds, of course, are are still acquainting themselves with, you know, how something should taste versus how, you know, the, the brain basically perceives it. To, to be. I mean, a lot of times children will go, oh no, I don't want to eat that. I don't like that. I don't like that. Then the moment they actually taste it, or even more so when they smell it, then all of a sudden it becomes their favorite thing. Right. So, you know, the the scent of something is really the the premier um, indication of how the brain intakes those first early, early signals. The smell of mom and dad to an infant is really important. Um, The smell of her breast milk, the smell of her sweat, you know, is so crucial Mm -hmm. to an infant. And so all the things that the mother ingests, you know, baby then smells through the breast milk. And, you know, those strong scents like garlic and cinnamon and clove and, you know, all those stronger smells that come through, you know, it's building a library of these memories of this is health, this is healing, this is how you actually ultimately heal. Mm-hmm. And so the the scent, the nose is really a, a pivotal point in whether or not somebody's basically library of health memories will get you know, um, basically stored. Yeah. So in, in essence, that structure, which that's something that we'll be talking about in a future episode, the concept of how important structure and schedule is for children, this goes right along with that. And the idea that you're helping at every moment to try to reaffirm that this child feels safe, secure, that they're not in fight or flight, that they're in rest and digest. Right. And so a part of this memory, a part of this, you know, your stomach kind of giving you or your brain giving you these ideas is to bring back that that feeling of security in some ways too. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's nothing more inviting than when you think, oh my goodness, I'd I'd have this warm beverage. And in my house <clears throat> growing up, it was coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I know small children drinking coffee, not necessarily your best choice, but you know, that's what my parents did. They drank a lot of coffee. <laughs> and, you know, on cold, cold mornings, you know, I'd get up and my dad would have already put the coffee pot on and he'd be drinking coffee. And a lot of times, especially Especially at this time of year, um, there would be some salmon smoking in the smoker. And so we'd have some, you know, molasses and cinnamon encrusted salmon and a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to me, there is like nothing in the world that brings back that warmth of home and family than those particular smells. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you can lull the body back into that, I can be at rest and at peace Mm. and I can digest. Mm. Then you are in the perfect blend, the perfect hormonal balance of homeostasis Mm. where the body can then take that leap back into healing Mm -hmm. because it is quite a traumatic event for your body to heal, you know, because it's a lot of things that it's got to put in itself to restore that blood back to our first topic of blood, because you have to have food to make blood mm-hmm. and you have to have a certain categorization of foods to fill in those blank spots mm-hmm. that your blood currently has. Mm-hmm. And without those memories, your brain doesn't have a way of you know, suggesting to you, oh, I need this comfort food. I need this comfort drink. I need this comfort smell Mm -hmm. to be able to get inside of you this messaging, this gentle messaging, not a traumatic fight or flight messaging, but a very gentle messaging Mm -hmm. of I need these foods to be comforted. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, and this conversation really helps solidify for me um, and in my state of life right now at home with a family, it helps me to think that, you know, the, the rituals that each one of our families have, right. However small they may be a cup of coffee or, you know, a cup of hot chocolate or whatever that small ritual is that's around food, that it's so much more than just the food mm-hmm. that we are really providing a place that, it, that our children can come back to for years. So I think, you know, for those, those of you who are listening, maybe that's something that we can all look at in our lives and really say, Hey, like, where am I having this ritual, this place that provides comfort, that provides something delicious. And if you're not a cook or this is not your wheelhouse, fine. How do you manage providing something even something small. I mean, a cup of coffee, all you have to do is press go on your Keurig, right? Like how do you create in your, in your week, a ritual with your family that involves this rest and digest, which will help them build that library. I just think that's a a challenge we're thinking about. Yeah. I guess that's also why I really enjoy the Bobby um, Parrish cookbooks and his cooking shows because, you know, he is like a family guy. He wants, you know, everyone to like pull up a chair at the family dinner table. Uh, So another one of my favorites is um, Robert Irvine. He has this cookbook called Family Dinners. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, just a wonderful treasure trove of how to get your family on board with having family dinners. Mm -hmm. Because if you can invite, you know, your family 
to pull up a chair at your dinner table and you can sit around and they can create this wellness memory of eating these foods that they had at your table, mm-hmm. then they can take that with them into their family life mm-hmm. and then into the next generation, next generation, mm-hmm. because that's how we have all come to be able to have health and wellness is because somewhere along the line, you know, family members said, you know, oh, I love this food. Let's go make this food. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And everybody gathered into the kitchen to, you know, be a part of making the food. And then they gathered around the table to eat the food. Mm-hmm. And that is just such a, a a part of wellness that, you know, cannot be substituted. Mm-hmm. There's no way to substitute, you know, tossing, a, you know, a hamburger over the backseat to your kid on your drive from here to there. Right. To make a memory of wellness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's such a challenge for us and our busy, crazy, go, go, go lifestyle, right? Is that dinner time should not be substituted. Mm-mm. And so if it has to be because there are extenuating circumstances or jobs that don't allow for everyone to be together, then, okay, how do you find other time where mm-hmm. you can make that work? I mean, in our season of life right now, we do not have a complete family at the dinner table, like really ever, but we have found a couple of hours in our, in our week where we can all be together and play a game and eat. And it it's not even a meal time, but it doesn't matter. It's, it is what we're we're trying to make that that memory that bonded time mm-hmm. right so again and this is a podcast subject for another day of busyness but i think that if we are looking into this next season this winter season right i think it is such a time to take a step back mm-hmm. and to reprioritize not just because we need seasons of rest but because we need to have this ability for wellness mm-hmm. and if we are busy and running and crazy and never just home then we're not able to just let our bodies rest and digest, Mm -hmm. which we all need, especially during this season. We all need that. We really do. We need to have that, you know, place where we can go back in our memories as, you know, adults, you know, we need to be able to, to huddle back into that memory of, you know, we sat around and we had that pumpkin pie or that apple pie, or, you know, we had that wonderful, awesome roast or steak or whatever it was. And that just warmed us literally from the inside out. Right. Yeah. And we sat around and we talked and we had that flow of information from each other. And we built that community immunity mm-hmm. that nothing else can do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I love it. I love it. Well, thank you guys so much for listening today. Um, we really hope this gave you lots to think about. And we definitely want to encourage you to take a step back and just look at this information and see how it can apply and fit into your life today. So thanks so much for listening. Well, thank you for listening to Stretch for Life podcast. Uh, hopefully this content and this information was as beneficial to you as it was to us, uh, improving your mind, body, and spirit, and trying to strive to become the best version of yourself. If you haven't subscribed already, go ahead and feel free to subscribe now. And also don't forget to share us with your families, friends, and colleagues. And uh, if there's any information that was on this, uh, any products or services that uh, was interest to you, go to our website and go ahead and purchase those uh, that information. There will also be a link within our podcast. Thank you so much for attending and looking forward to joining us in our next episode.